Hey, my fellow monkeys, what's up? Old Uncle Silverback here with you on the Armed Ape Podcast, the show where we review and talk about everything from guns, gear, and movies to life in general. Nothing is ever out of bounds. As always, everything we talk about has the end goal of making our lives better by cutting through all the marketing BS using logic, reason, and honest discussions. I look forward to hearing from you soon and to your participation in the show. Well, hello, my fellow travelers and my beautiful, beautiful monkeys. What is going on? Today is actually Sunday. It's the 25th of July, 2021. And we are continuing our, I guess we call it maybe series review of Mr. In-Between. And we'll jump in with that here real quick. But before we do that, let's go ahead and get our contact info posted And then, as I said, we'll jump in with the show. I do have the voicemail, which is area code 206-745-2731. There is the email address, which is thearmedape at gmail.com. And if you would like to record your own audio, or if you would rather send in an email, have me read it out for you on the show, that is the place where you would send that. If you go over to the website, which is thearmedape.com, you'll find buttons for all my social media stuff. So Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, and Twitter. And you can check those out if you would like. There is also a PayPal donation button. And if you would ever consider supporting the show financially, that would be great. You can just click on that and follow the on-screen prompts. If you can't do that, that's great. I would ask maybe that If you did want to have a way to support the show other than financially, I would ask maybe that you share the show with your friends if you think this series is something people would like, uh, or if you think past episodes, things like that, would be something that would be up their alley. Go ahead and do that. Also, if you could go over to the website and just click on my YouTube icon and go over to there and uh, subscribe to my channel. I'm trying to get the channel numbers up over there. All right, enough of that stuff. Let's go ahead. And let's jump in with, again, this is Season 2, Episode 1 of Mr. In-Between. So it opens up, and Ray is working out in a boxing gym. After he gets done with his workout, he's asked to coach some kids, and he's sparring with this young girl. He talks to her like, oh, how long have you been doing stuff? And she was like, oh, only you know a couple of months. And he's like, wow, you're really good. And she was like, well, you know, I, I did... Uh, jiu-jitsu before this so he's like well hey you know see if you can get a takedown on me and bam she's lightning quick she jumps in on him and eventually you know takes him right down and eventually chokes him out and it's a little funny scene where uh, he kind of comes to and you see all the heads are floating over him and the one guy's like you should have tapped and Ray's like hey should have tapped and a, a quick aside he doesn't I think in other kind of and I, I talk about this a lot just because I think that the the level of writing stays pretty consistent and stays pretty consistent to this character. And I think a lot of that has to do, again, with 
that Scott Ryan, the guy who plays Ray, is the he's the creator and the and I think maybe the sole writer. I don't know. I could be wrong on that. If uh, somebody out there knows the difference, go ahead and let me know. But anyway, one of the things is is he he's not angry. He's not upset. He doesn't think any less of himself or anything like that. And again, maybe this is a little bit of a spoiler for for a little bit later in the episode stuff. But so we cut to the next scene. Ray and Allie are having some couple banter on the couch and they're getting along, you know, quite well. But it's you can tell by how they're talking and what they're doing a little bit that they're still sort of doing new couple things. And, uh, you know, it's it's a cute little scene. But again, it just shows that they are kind of meshing pretty well. So the next scene we cut to, Ray is dropping Britt off at school, and she's kind of, you can tell she's kind of down. She's not her usual kind of upbeat and talkative self. And she says, I don't want to go to school. And Ray's like, why? And he's like, well, she says, basically, these people are, you know, this girl is being mean to me. And Ray's like, well, did you talk to your teacher about this? And she's like, no, I haven't. And he's like, well, do you want me to do it? And she's like, no, I'll do it. And he's like, well, that's, you know, what your teacher's there for. You know, go ahead and and talk to her about it. And she's like, okay. So she gets gets out of the car, you know, pops into school. Now, as a quick aside here, we do notice that Ray, and and again, this is something that isn't really talked about or we don't have a scene of it, but we just see that Ray is not driving the Subaru anymore. He's actually in a BMW. So what does this you know, show us or what does this tell us? And again, we don't have a scene of Ray saying, oh, you know, I'm starting to get my money from Freddie and I'm starting to be able to do this. So I'm going to get a better car and, a, you know, and all this other stuff. And I can't remember if in that scene with Allie, if the, the previous scene, if Ray is actually in a different, I think he's in a different place. I don't think he is in his apartment anymore. I think... He's in an actual house. And in season one, when we saw part of Ray's home, it was kind of, you know, it wasn't the greatest thing. He was living in an apartment, was kind of run down a little bit dingy, but it was fine. It was clean, you know, and all that stuff, but it wasn't fancy at all. So anyway, I guess with that, what we're, what we're saying is that Ray is, he's, he's getting kind of a steady, income stream and some of the things that he's that he's doing is getting him more money and I don't know again if maybe Ray had been in jail they they never talk about that in season one he just shows up to collect some money from Freddie and I think maybe that's what it is so and I'm not sure exactly what the timeline is in season one, like how many months has, is, you know, are we picking up and kind of hanging out with Ray? And maybe I can find that out a little bit later. We can, or it's just one of those things where, uh, you know, we won't know. So anyway, Ray is, the next scene is Ray is at the group and I did, I I am going to play a couple of clips here. And I think, again, it's important to have these just because we're getting the tone and everything. And I think it adds a little bit more. So let me go ahead and play this for you here. So again, this clip is Ray is in the uh, in the anger management group that he's having to do. So let's go ahead and give that a listen. So when me and her go out together, guys will just come up and start hitting on her while I'm standing there. You know, that's like the last guy I bash was because of that. 
like this fucking bloke just comes up and starts hitting on her right in front of me, you know? And she loves the attention. So. Right. So Can I ask you something? Yeah. How many blokes has she slept with? Right. It's all right. Like 30, 40. No wonder you don't trust the man. I mean, shit, if she's slept with that many blokes, what's to stop her from sleeping with a few more, you know? Exactly. What I mean? Right, that's enough. I mean, yeah, she goes there, she gets drunk. Before you know it, she's fucking somebody else. <laughs> right. How about you keep your misogyny to yourself? Oh, what? Your misogyny. What's that? Um, uh, according to the dictionary, a misogynist is a person who despises women. I don't despise women. Well, from what I'm hearing here, it sounds like you don't think very highly of them. I've got a girlfriend, I've got a daughter. Hey, what are you saying? Like, I hate them or something? Or... Plenty of history's great misogynists have had daughters and girlfriends, right? Like who? Like, plenty. Name one. I think we should um, move on. Uh... What we see in that clip is that Ray is, I think he's actually trying to maybe help that guy out. The, uh, the guy who was talking about that he's sort of jealous of his girlfriend, doesn't trust her. And of course, you know, Peter is trying to, uh, he wants these guys to go in sort of in a different direction. And Ray is trying to give this younger guy a little bit of experience, but it's kind of coming from his worldview of, you know, maybe you shouldn't trust this person, uh, that type of thing. So, but he is not doing it out of, oh, like trying to belittle the guy or to make the other guy feel bad. I think he, in that scene, is legitimately trying to help him. And that's why I think we're, we're also going to see this next clip that I'll play for you. Uh, and in this, Ray, uh, we cut to right away, right from the end of the group, or the end of that scene in group, I guess I should say, to Ray is with uh, Brittany. So let's go ahead and we'll give that a listen here. Britt. What are you doing? Are you going to come and have some tea or what? What are you doing? What's the matter? Who put that up there? Who did that? Taylor. Dad, why does she hate me so much? Look, not everybody's going to like you, darling, okay? okay? And you can't make people like you, okay? But you can make them fear you. I don't want people to be scared of me. Well, I'm not saying that, you know, you should make everybody scared of you, but um, if people don't respect you, that's when you make them fear you. So if people respect me, I don't need to scare them? Yeah, yeah, that's right. But if people, see, if people don't respect you and you still treat them with respect, then you're a doormat, if you understand what I mean. What does that mean? Well, you know, like a doormat. A doormat is a person who lets other people walk all over him, okay? okay. And that's not the kind of person you want to be. Okay? Mm -hmm. I'm going to take care of this problem for you, okay? 
as Taylor. Look at me, darling. She's not going to bother you again, OK? All right, I promise you, OK? OK. Now, you want to come have some tea? What are we having? Pizza. Your ones? Uh-huh. With the bacon? Of course. OK. All right. Okay, so there is a lot of stuff to sort of unpack in that scene. And if you haven't watched it yet, and hopefully you have, but if you haven't, when you're when you're seeing this scene with him, sort of watch Ray's body language, watch what uh, Brittany does, a little actress who plays her, is actually quite good. Uh, she gives a good performance. But we're seeing, again, and this is very similar to, oh... Ray's helping of the guy in the group or, or from Ray's perspective, his, his trying to help that guy, right? He's basically, what we're seeing is that same thing of don't be a doormat. Like this girl, if you have all these suspicions about your girlfriend, it's probably because on some level she doesn't really respect you. And so you're, you know, don't be a doormat. And so when we, we see when Ray is trying to help Brittany, he's actually... You know, his first response is kind of that criminal thing. Like you, 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 if they don't, if people don't respect you, which is a big thing with Ray and you still show them respect, then you know, you're going to be a doormat. But what I really liked in that scene is the things that Brittany says. And it's, it's a little heartbreaking in that at at this age she's you know probably 9 years old or so she still has kind of that hero worship of her of her father like a little kid does and she wants to do what he says and she wants to make him happy and so the thing is when she says well I don't want people to be scared of me you know she just wants people to like her uh and and so you see like she's a real kind-hearted a good and has you know has a has a real sweet little kid uh, but again with Ray even though he is trying his best to give give Brittany some tools to handle the situation, they really wouldn't be appropriate for a for a young child, you know, at at that point. So, uh, and, and there is, you know, again, there are it it ties in and goes in with other things that we're seeing in group, and this is where we're seeing some and getting a lot of the clues of, well, what is Ray's kind of core personality type thing and so and we come back to this over and over again we sort of it wasn't spoken about as much but we sort of saw it a lot and we're seeing it more here with not only actions but now with words of Ray's thing is if you respect me I'll respect you or if I show you respect and you show it back to me even if I do it first there's no problem that type of thing but again it's a very kind of criminal element this thing of you can't allow, especially in jail, you can't allow like the smallest of transgressions to go by because then you're going to be preyed upon by everybody else. Uh, so anyway, we cut to the next scene and Ray and Gary are at a rugby match and Gary asks Ray kind of an odd request. He says, hey, mate, I need you to come over to my house and put a password on my computer. And Ray's like, well, why can't you do it? And he's like, well, I'll know the password. And he's like, well, so what? And he's like, look, man, I'm watching too much porn and I need you to come over and put the password on my computer, but don't tell me. And no matter what I, what I ask, don't tell me. And he's like, oh, you're going to you're gonna be shitty about it. And he's like, no, I'm not. And he's like, yeah, you are. 
And he's like, I guess, okay, well, I might be shitty about it, but don't tell me. So anyway, again, it just shows the level of friendship that Ray has, that Ray and Gary have. And we, uh, we're getting shown more and more stuff of the two of these guys uh, together. So anyway, uh, let's see here. So while at the game, Ray gets a call and he's like, okay, what's the address? All right, I'll go over there. We eventually find out that the call is from Freddie and Ray goes over. It's kind of a little bit of a rundown place. He go. There's these two guys that live there. And I think Ray knows or is at least acquainted with one of the guys. And uh, the two guys, the two druggy guys are younger guys, probably in their 20s. And their names are Rick and Waz, W-A-Z. So Ray asks, well, hey, did you get the job done? You know, Freddie's been trying to get a hold of you and you and he you haven't been answering the phone. And they're like, yeah, 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 we got the job done. So they take Ray out to the back of the house and they show Ray a dead guy in the trunk of their car. So Ray calls up Freddie and he's kind of yelling at him a little bit. And not like, you know, super angry, but he's like, you know, why did you have these two guys, you know, do the job. Why didn't you have me do it? You know, and these guys have kind of bungled it up. And Freddie basically says, well, you know, they charge about a quarter of what you do. And, um, that's why I'm using, I didn't think you'd get mad. So anyway, uh, let me play a clip for you here. And Ray and Freddie kind of, they, they do some back and forth stuff a little bit. And Ray says, well, what do you want me to do with these guys? You know, what do you want me to do with this situation? And Freddie says, well, I, I can't really read the situation from here. What do you think? And Ray says, look, basically these guys are, I think that word he uses drug fucked or something like that. And if they get pinched, they're going to roll on you. So Freddie says, all right, here's what you do. Go out there, dig a hole, put the dead guy in it, and then put the other two in it with him. And what I wanted to do here too is also play Another clip, I know the show's been a little clip heavy, uh, but I think it's a good sort of back and forth between Ray and Freddie. So let's go ahead and we'll pull that up here. Okay, we'll dig a hole. Put the dead guy in and uh, and put the other two in with him. Right. How much is this going to cost me? 90. 90? Yeah. 30 each, mate. I charge anybody else 40 each. Yeah. Okay, and I appreciate that, but look, it's not like you've got to do a lot of work here. You know, I mean, one of them's dead already. Yeah, but i still got to bury him. Yeah, sure, but you're charging me like you've got to kill him. All right. Tend to get rid of the dead guy. 30 each for the other two. 70. Okay, and I appreciate the discount there, mate. But but the other two guys, I mean, you know, it's not like you've got to dig three holes, you know. It, it, you're only going to put them all in the one hole, so... Yeah, but I've got to dig a much bigger hole. Well, get them to dig it. Why don't you come down here and you can dig it? I'm not going to... Why would I... Fucking slimy little prick. Hung up on me again. Hello? 60. 65, take it all over. Yeah, deal. I don't want to wait six months for your money either. Yeah, I know. You'll, you'll have the money next week. You know the thing that shits me about you? There's only one thing. You haggle over every cent you got to pay me, right? 
And then you get in the casino, you blow a hundred grand like it's nothing. Yeah, I know, I know. Uh, you know. Oh, boy. In unpacking this scene here a little bit, let's do, we'll, we'll talk about a, a, the conversation that they had a little bit previously, where Freddie was telling Ray, oh, they charge about a quarter of what you would charge me, and I've been having a bad week. And then what Ray says to him is, mate, you've been having a bad week for the past 20 years. Again, we're seeing sort of that uh, this is a, a kind of a recurring theme that we've seen all through season one, and we're starting to see it again in season two, is that Freddie has a hard time maybe managing money. Uh, it seems that maybe he spends it as fast as it comes in type thing. And so what happens is sometimes people like Ray and other people, maybe they have to wait a little bit to get their money that they should have gotten a little bit earlier. Uh, I, I think, too, probably... You know, it's important that Ray says for the past 20 years so that we see that there is a long-term relationship that he and Freddie have. If we want to say kind of like a criminal relationship or a business relationship, that type of thing. So again, with that clip, we see that Freddie appears to have a gambling problem. Like I said before, he, he seems to do a thing of where the money comes in and he kind of spends it as quick as he gets it or he gambles it away. And it's one of those things, I think, to where because of Freddie's position, there is sort of always money coming in. So it's almost like he has the mindset of, well, it doesn't matter if I'm a little short. It, you know, next week I'll get more money coming in. And also we see when it, when it shows Freddie, this was, I think, showing him at his house. It's a nice home. He's there with uh, presumably his girlfriend. They're doing drugs and all that, or I guess technically she's doing drugs, but we're to assume he's probably taken part in it as well. So anyway, we uh, cut to a scene where back to Ray, where he's gone out and he's stolen a car and he takes the two guys and he has them put the corpse in the car and they're going out to the country to dispose of the body. And it's by this time it's nighttime. Ray is in the front and he is driving. The guy Waz is up in the front seat with him. The guy, Rick, the other druggy dude, is in the backseat. So that's the situation that we have there. And on the way out, the guy, uh, Waz, and Ray are having a conversation. And Waz is saying, oh, I'm divorced, and I, my wife won't let me see my kid, and all this other stuff. And he's kind of relating to Ray. And so that's why I think that Ray and, and Waz maybe are at least acquaintances prior to this. So, uh, again... Who, you know, we don't, I don't think that they have like a deep relationship, but I think that, you know, Ray kind of under sort of knows this guy again in that criminal underworld. Throughout the conversation, you know, Ray, uh, Ray and Waz are talking, and, and Waz is like, oh, yeah, I used to be in a, a, a band with my, or with my brother, but I, you know, he basically the drugs kind of messed it up. And Ray is telling him, is like, oh, mate, you just got to get off these drugs and then, you know, kind of get yourself together a little bit. But he's not lecturing him, he's just, you know, making statements. It's funny, you see a little bit of almost like a, what we'll call maybe like kind of a dusty mirror to where what Waz is talking about, you sort of see it could, that Ray could maybe have, if he had been addicted to drugs or couldn't get his stuff together, he might be somebody like a Waz who's real low level. But 
you know, they, they're both divorced. They got kids. You know, Ray was talking about the, something about music and Waz was saying, oh, you know, I, I was a drummer. I could teach you if you want, you know, and Ray's like, well, I don't got a drum set or anything like that. And he's like, well, you buy one and I'll teach you and I won't charge you or anything. And so they're talking about it, just sort of, you know, kind of going back and forth. And you see with Ray, while Ray may not have a lot of respect for Waz as a criminal, uh, as a professional criminal, I guess maybe we should say, is he, he doesn't seem to have disdain for him. The other guy, uh, I think his name is Rick, he doesn't really um, interact with him much. Anyway, as they're driving out there, Rick starts to light up a crack pipe. Ray's like, hey, you got to put that out. And he's like, you know, fuck you. And he keeps lighting it up, trying to light it. So Ray kind of brake checks him and it causes the guy to drop his stuff. Ray's like, oh, sorry about that, mate. And then... Rick gets really mad and he pulls out a gun and he puts it up on Ray's head. And Ray's like, you know, put the, he's not scared, but he's like, you know, put the gun away. And then Waz is like, what are you doing? What are you doing? And then, you know, Rick's, you know, kind of screaming and yelling, like, you know, like who's in charge now, motherfucker, and all this other stuff. So Ray speeds up and what he does is he, he, and this is a little bit of kind of a, with the riding, it's a little bit of kind of God in the machine because I, you know, you don't know if this stuff would, in all likelihood, what the probability of this is, but anyway, this is how the episode goes. So, which which I'm fine with, and I I don't really have a problem with. But he speeds up, and they're going down this dark country road, and there's lots of uh, you know trees and things like that. And what he does is he spins the car. So again, Rick is in the back seat, sort of on the passenger side, and he spins that passenger side of the car, you know, probably going 70, 80 miles per hour. And he slams it into a tree. And what it does is it crushes the passenger side. And it actually ejects Rick. He goes flying out and lands in a ditch. Uh, the airbags, of course, everything's deployed. So it's a it's a hard hit. Ray is kind of stunned. And he, he's like, oh. And he, and he goes to get out of the car and pans over to Waz. And we see that Waz, part of the glass, when it breaks, has gone in and sliced his neck. And he is is bleeding out. And as Ray goes to get out of the car, Waz kind of reaches over and grabs his hand. And Ray kind of just looks at him, uh, doesn't yank his hand away. And then Waz passes out or expires or he dies or whatever we want to say. And then Ray gets out of the car. He goes around to the back and there's gas that's dripping out. So it's been a super hard hit. He looks down as he's going around the back. He kind of is stumbling. And again, we see a little bit of this stuff of like in the last episode where the uh, end of season one, where there was that big explosion, it had an effect on Ray. So again, kudos to the writing in, in that if there's injury, if there's something like that, where you would be sort of like stunned or dazed or something like that, it affects the characters. They don't just sort of shrug it off. So Ray kind of, he coughs or he's kind of spits up a spew of something so I don't know if it's a thing of where he's kind of nauseous and he kind of spits up or if he's got kind of blood in his mouth and, you know, from from maybe from the airbags going off, that type of thing. But anyway, he kind of straightens himself up. He looks down there and he sees that Rick is down there who is probably clearly dead. What he then does is he sees and he notices that the gas is dripping is, is pouring out of the car he takes his lighter and he lights the gas on fire and of course it you know whooshes goes back up and it 
burns up the car. And then he just sort of walks off back into town, walks away into the night. And that's the end. That's the end of episode two, or excuse me, episode one of season two, I should say, of Mr. Inbetween. And so we will go ahead and end it there. Again, I, I think I have high hopes for season two. I am just a little bit of how the sausage is made here. I will probably today, which again is the 25th, I will probably do three, maybe four episodes today, get those kind of in the bag or in the can, so to speak. And then I will do the thing like I've done these last uh, couple of weeks here where we release a show every couple of days. So maybe Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and I may even do a thing on uh, maybe even more just to kind of get through season two a little quicker. Uh, So anyway... I hope you guys are enjoying this new schedule. If you are, call up or write me an email or send me an audio and uh, let me know. I'd love to hear your guys' take on this stuff. So let me give you that contact stuff again, and then we'll sign off. Area The uh, voicemail is area code 206-745-2731. The email address to send emails or audio is thearmedape at gmail.com. All one word, thearmedape at gmail.com. Okay, my beautiful monkeys and my fellow travelers, I will talk to you guys next time. <laughs>